And greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And you can listen to us locally as you are probably doing now or anywhere around the world. Listeners can join us live by adjusting their times to be on the same time we are here in the Central Standard Time in the USA. You can go to the website, terrytalksnutrition.com. Go into the live section of the radio show. Click on live as long as you've adjusted your times and you can listen to us live. Now that takes a little bit of inconvenience. So just to let you know, all of our radio shows are archived on our website. So you can go in and listen to any of the radio shows that are stored on the website anytime you want. At your convenience. Just pull it up and listen. And you can transfer it to any other vehicle that you want. Take it with you walking. Take it with you when you're traveling. Or on your bike. However you want to listen to it, you're welcome to listen to it. We want you to gain more information as how to be healthier. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to maintain our own given health. Now we thought that when we got sick, we should go to the doctor. And I'm not trying to dissuade you If you really think you should go to your physician, please do. And please understand, whatever I give as advice isn't necessarily the best advice for you if your doctor gives you any medical advice. Talk to your doctor. But remember, your doctor doesn't help you be healthier. Your doctor doesn't know anything about health. Really? Yeah, really. Your doctor doesn't know a thing about health. So how is your doctor going to make you healthier? Your doctor can't make himself healthier or herself healthier. They have no knowledge, no education on how to be healthy. If you have a disease... Now, that takes some understanding. A disease. Where does a disease come from? Well, some come from viruses, bacteria, or from fungal infection, or any kind of infection. If you have an infection, you want to see your physician. But all of our health conditions today, like type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, hardening of the arteries or atherosclerosis, heart disease, and all of the other current diseases of the, of the day are 95 to 98% caused by the choices we make every day. The choices of the food we eat, the level of exercise, Whatever. Our health 
your health, my health, is governed by the decisions that we make individually. Not because your God, doc, doctor is not taking care of you, or because God is mad at you, or from the roll of the dice. Not even genetic. Only 2% of the diseases of the day are caused by genetics. But 98% of all of our diseases is caused by epigenetics, meaning that which we can control. Every bite of the food you take influences your genes, good or bad. So we have a big responsibility. We can't blame anybody for our ill health. Now sometimes we can be brought into this world with a handicap. Then we have to look to our mother. How did she live? How did grandmother live? What kind of diet did they have? It's all diet related. And if you want to change your life, change your diet. You can't eat the same food you're eating today and get healthier. You can't increase the food you're eating today or decrease the food you're eating today and get healthier. If you're unhealthy, there's a reason. And we brought on the reason. So we need to change. We need to change the food we're eating, the level of exercise that we're doing, just being more active, move, walk, swim, bike. But the best way is to use resistance. We are pitting our muscles against a weight. Weight-bearing exercise strengthens our bones, strengthens our muscles, and actually makes us live longer, but healthier. I know a lot of people say, if I, if I feel this bad, why do, I, why do I want to live longer? But you don't have to live bad. You don't have to feel bad. You can change your life. You can have more happiness, more enjoyment, less pain. And you can be better in every way. And I don't care how old you are or what conditions you are suffering from, we can all get better if we have not caused so much damage before we decide to get healthier. If we have a knee or a joint that is bone on bone, well, we're not going to change that. But I'll tell you what. People that have a bad diet and they have bone on bone, they're going to have pain. They're going to be restricted as to what they can do using those joints. But if you change your diet, and I like to always emphasize the ketogenic diet, or you can adopt the paleo diet or the Mediterranean diet, they are all healthy diets. But I like the ketogenic diet because it's more restrictive of the carbohydrates and avoids all sugar. And even though that you have bone on bone, you won't have pain. But it might take three to six months, in some cases maybe longer. 
but a change of your diet will give you the best chance to recover your health. You can't eat the same diet that caused your illness or your ill health and expect it to change. It's not going to. So you buy supplements, which I think is great. I take a lot of supplements because the food we're eating today just not does just does not supply the nutrients that's required by the body. And because of all the changes of our environment, we need more vitamins and minerals than our grandparents or great-grandparents were required to have. So we have a big task ahead of us. And I have a lot of information to share with you today. So let's work together and get this done. So today we're going to talk about our future topic. And this is one primarily for men. We're going to talk about prostate cancer. And then we're going to talk about how much exercise do you really need? I hear of guys going down the gym for two hours or three hours working out. Well, they don't work out for two or three hours. A lot of it is telling stories, walking around, uh, having friends. It's not a workout. A good weight workout should not last more than 30 to 45 minutes. And you can get a lot done in that time if you don't chit-chat. Then we'll talk about green tea and how it can be used for a weight loss supplement. And how bad are sugary drinks? Not just the Coke, the Pepsi, or other sugary drinks, but juice, which is really a sugary drink. And let's talk about vitamin A, vitamin D3, and vitamin K2. So we have a lot on board today. I'm sure we're not going to get through all of the subjects I have that I want to discuss with you, but I'm here every weekend. And what I don't finish today, I'll finish in the future. So let's talk a little bit more about prostate cancer. There are two types of prostate cancer. Most cases, the large majority of prostate cancer are harmless. You will outlive the cancer. You will die from old age with still cancer. Because it is slow growing and does not have a tendency to spread. So a 10 year survival rate is 98%. So be careful, and this has to be really well thought out with your physician. And you talk it out with God as well. So you make the right decision. That you don't do something in haste. 
and become aggressive and have surgery and chemo and you would have outlived the cancer. Don't let prostate cancer put a fear in you. But then again, some prostate cancers are very aggressive and should be treated. The problem is how to tell the different difference between the two types of cancer. It's very hard to tell the two types apart when the tests that are currently available just say you have cancer or suspect you have cancer. Because the most common screening test today that's used by a physician is called the PSA test. And that stands for Prostate-Specific Antigen Test. Now, it's not accurate. Far from being accurate. The doctor that came up with this test has said in public that he has regretted it because it is not accurate and it scares the hell out of men when they hear, yes, you have prostate cancer. The first thing you think of is, should I put my life together and get ready to go to the big beyond? Now, this is a substance in the antigen test, it's produced, it is produced by the prostate gland. So, the way the test is viewed is that when you have a higher PSA level associated with increased risk of prostate cancer. Now, this is what you have to think about. PSA does not tell you you have cancer. Let me say that again. When doctors give you the test and they say, well, it should like be in the 0.5 range or 1 range and maybe it's higher. Now, that still does not mean you have cancer. PSA measures the risk of having cancer, not whether you have cancer. A low risk is four or less. A high risk, based on the PSA score, is 10 or higher. And that means up to 67% increased risk of cancer. So how should prostate cancer be treated? Well, there are new study reports that for most men, aggressive treatment of prostate cancer is not necessary. My inflection, my 
Because in most cases, these studies show that we should not treat cancer aggressively, such as surgical removal of the prostate or high-energy radiation therapy or chemo or hormone-related therapy. A study started in 1999, which included 1,600 men ages 50 to 69 diagnosed with prostate cancer. When there was a fear of cancer or a high risk of cancer, there were three groups of these men. Group one had their prostate removed surgically. Group two, they were treated with radiation and hormone-blocking drugs. Group three was monitored. Active surveillance. Eventually, 60% of this group did receive surgical or radiation treatment. 40% never needed treatment. So 21 years later, after this test, this study from 1999, 21 years later, roughly the same number of men in each group died of prostate cancer. Whether delaying the treatment, in, like in group three, did not change the risk of dying. So aggressive therapy, based on this study and the report of the experts that monitored this aggressive therapy, based on these studies, aggressive therapy can result in more harm than good and should be only reserved for very high-risk cases. So be careful. Give this a lot of thought. Talk to your doctor. Weigh the, the advice of your physician. Pray about it. Feel, how do you feel about it? Do you get a gut feeling that I'm going to walk through this and I'm not going to use any aggressive therapy? Or I don't want to chance it. But all that therapy is very risky, very damaging. Your life will never, ever be the same. Or do you want to just walk through it day by day? Now, there are some natural interventions for prostate cancer. And all the goals that we want to try to reach in naturally treating prostate cancer. First of all, we want to reduce the inflammation of the prostate. 
we want to bring down the PSA levels. That does not mean you are you you don't have cancer or you do have cancer, but by bringing down the PSA levels, it shows you are reducing the risk of prostate cancer. And you are reducing cancer cells' ability to respond to hormonal triggers and stopping cancer cell replication and the spreading of those prostate cancer cells. Now the nutrients that I would consider and I would recommend if you want to take a watch and see approach, work with your doctor but still walk slowly, would be curcumin, grapeseed extract, the French grapeseed extract, pomegranate, vitamin D, and psilocybin. These are all natural ingredients that reduce inflammation and has been shown in studies to lower the PSA scores. If I were diagnosed with prostate cancer, I would have the same thoughts as you do. Should I do something aggressive? Should I have surgery? Initially, I would take several months. Change my diet. I wouldn't have to change my diet because my diet already is the ketogenic diet. But I would definitely adopt the ketogenic diet. Carbohydrates, which eventually will convert to sugar in the body, and pure refined sugar, feed cancer cells. Cancer cells need glucose, sugar, to be strong, to grow, to spread, replicate. So I would do a formulation of curcumin, grapeseed, pomegranate, vitamin D, and psilocybin. And after several months, watch what's happening. Did that bring down the PSA level? Which reduces the risk of having cancer. And you will be, you'll be continually be monitored by your physician thereafter. If you're doing well, maybe you don't need an aggressive therapy. Maybe you don't need surgery. But that's a conversation you have with your physician. So here's what happens when you take curcumin and the risk of prostate cancer. A six-month trial, that's what I'm talking about, take several months, maybe up to six months. If you've been diagnosed with cancer of the prostate or the PSA level is over 10, I've seen it up 14, and I've seen it come down from 14 to 2 because of the adopted therapy the natural alternative therapy. 
six-month trial. I would do that before I would do anything aggressive. Of curcumin or a placebo in men undergoing treatment for prostate cancer. The results of this six month trial, 30% of the placebo group experienced an increase in PSA levels versus 10% of the curcumin group. And more adverse effects, side effects, occurred in the placebo group. Curcumin has also been shown to make prostate cancer cells more sensitive to conventional chemotherapy drugs. It made the drugs more effective at a much lesser dosage and spared the men of the side effects of the drug. So curcumin is a protector of the body, the liver, and the brain because Chemotherapeutic drugs destroy brain cells and liver cells. So they can use small dosages of the drug that normally would be required. So that also means adverse effects are also reduced. Overall effectiveness is increased by adding curcumin to the regiment of drugs prescribed by your physician. This is also true with curcumin and radiation therapy. I want to give you an example of a, a real study of 40 patients being treated for prostate cancer with external beam radiotherapy, EBRT, and drug therapy to reduce hormone levels. But this portion of my program has come down to the bottom of the hour. I've got to pause for a few moments. We'll come back after these commercials and allow the session to identify itself. And then we'll come back up and we'll stay here until the top of the hour. So don't go away. I'm not going away. I have a lot more to share with you because this is a very, very sensitive subject and men should know when or not to treat prostate cancer. And welcome back, my friends. I am Terry Naturally, and this is your Terry Talks Nutrition Hour. And always go to our website, terrytalksnutrition.com. There you can listen to the radio show anytime you want. If you missed the show, you can listen to it again. You can also read our newsletters. And if you go to the website, you can subscribe to my newsletter, which goes out every Friday 
to your email address. But the newsletters are also archived, stored on my website. So you can read all or what you would like to read anytime you want. And if you have a particular need or a subject that you would like addressed, go to the search section of the e-newsletter and type in a keyword like thyroid, arthritis, or cancer. And one or more newsletters will come up and help address more information to answer that search word. So there's a lot of information on my website. And right now I currently have over 300,000 people following my website. Terry Talks Nutrition. So you will learn a lot of good information. We're constantly posting more science on the website. Now let's go back and address the prostate issue. Curcumin is an amazing spice. It's an amazing herb. As the Indians in India, after using it for 5,000 years, they have labeled it the all-in-one solution, meaning it does everything. And it's one of those herbs that addresses almost every pathway in the body. There are two herbs that address all the pathways in the body simultaneously at different levels of those pathways. So it addresses everyone. And that is a combination of curcumin and andrographis. But for now, we're talking about just curcumin. Forty patients were being treated for prostate cancer with external beam radiotherapy, EBRT and drug therapy to reduce hormone levels. The amount of curcumin that was prescribed was a thousand milligrams three times daily. Now it protected against the most common adverse effect experienced with radiotherapy, and that is urinary problems. So the greatest changes were a 50% reduction in numbers of men with daytime urinary frequency, and 30% reduction in men with sleep disturbances related to urinary issues. 
It also reduced pain while urinating. Reduce urinary leakage. Travel restrictions because of urinary urgencies. Urinary urgencies in general. And the limitations of daily activities related to urinary problems. All based on curcumin. Now plus, adding Remember the formula that I gave you? A number of components? Well, that was just what curcumin does. For the men that are struggling with prostate cancer or high risk of prostate cancer. Then on top of that curcumin, you add pomegranate, which has been shown to kill prostate cancer cells and slow the spread of prostate cancer. Researchers looked at how long it took prostate-specific antigen, which is PSA, prostate-specific antigen, that's PSA, levels to double, which then thought as a sign of prostate cancer progression. The shorter the doubling time, so it doubles in a very, very short period of time, which then therefore may be an aggressive form of cancer. But pomegranate came to the rescue. It quadrupled the doubling time versus the results of the placebo group. But keep in mind, the use of the PSA screening test frequently causes false positives or identifies prostate cancer that doesn't need treatment. And there is a lot of disagreement on this test value as a cancer predictor. All right, now we've got curcumin and pomegranate. Now let's add grapeseed. French grapeseed act, tannin-free. Like curcumin, grapeseed blocks inflammatory compounds associated with cancer spreading. Many times, cancer spreads quickly. It may first detect it in the colon. Then it may spread to the liver. It may spread to the brain. It spreads. Cancer cells love to grow. They have a mind of their own. And they want to survive. But researchers found that men who use grapeseed extract we're over 40% less likely to develop prostate cancer. That's prevention. And that's the best cure of all. Don't get it. Prevent cancer. Remember I just said, researchers found men who used 
the French grapeseed extract, and they were able to obtain 40% less likely, they were 40% less likely to even develop prostate cancer. Just taking a few things may prevent a horrible issue later in life. We need prevention. We need a change of diet. We need to take supplements like this to prevent the occurrence of cancer. Then they found not even just prostate cancer, but those who use grapeseed extract long term were over 60% less likely to develop any form of cancer. These are very powerful studies. Now you don't see these studies being done by drug companies because the money is in treatment. The money is in the drugs. They don't want to prevent cancer. Drug companies need sick patients to grow. To increase their sales. To increase their revenue. To increase their profitability. They need sick people. That's their customer base. Now let's add a vitamin to our formulation. Aggressive prostate cancer has also been linked to a vitamin D, like dog, D3 deficiency. A recent study found that men with low vitamin D levels were five, four to five times more likely to have aggressive prostate cancer than men with normal vitamin D levels. So we're talking about curcumin, pomegranate, French grapeseed extract, and vitamin D3. Now let, let's add one more. Silibin. S-I-L-Y-B-I-N. Silibin. This is a key compound found in the plant milk thistle. It grows everywhere. It's a thistle-like plant, kind of prickly. And at the very top, there is a beautiful purple flower. It's not like a flower. It's more, I can't describe what I would think of it, but it's not a flower flower. But at the top of the thistle, purple, it's beautiful. And inside that cellular structure is a compound called silibin. And in cell cultures, cell studies, exposure to silibin and all of the other compounds from milk thistle 
were associated with up to an 85% reduction in prostate cancer cell death. Now, a combination approximately 1,500 milligrams, excuse me, 1,500 IUs of vitamin D3. Plus 750 milligrams of curcumin, grapeseed, pomegranate, and psilocybin daily. You might want to do that two or three times daily. This would be just a one-time serving. But you could do it two or three times daily. It might cost a little bit more, but it's going to give you a lot more protection. This is a very thorough explanation of prostate cancer. Possible treatment, prevention, and cure. And how to assess whether or not you may have cancer or you may have a high risk of cancer or you may want to take a slower approach and try a natural formulation, as we just discussed, for three to six months. And see how it might change the risk of having cancer. Talk it over with your physician. Talk it, talk with, talk it over with the good Lord above. Follow your heart. Follow your gut. But once you do, be satisfied and don't keep second-guessing yourself. Remember this test. The PSA score is not that you have cancer, but you have a higher risk of having cancer. So don't do something hastily, aggressively, because you have a high PSA score. All right, let's move on to some exercise. How much exercise do you need? And how much exercise will pay off in big benefits? Bodybuilders, two or three hours in the gym. People that run five to ten miles, marathons. Hours and hours of exercise. Hours and hours of punishment. Hours and hours of stress. So how much exercise do you really need? Well, researchers collected the results of 194 published studies. These are already studies that have been published on exercise that include the results of over 30 million people around the world who reported on the activity levels of a minimum of three years. Powerful study or studies. But now they looked at all these 194 studies and after all the research and, and analyzing 194 studies, they came down to one conclusion. 
The researchers looked for association between physical activity, heart disease, and the risk of death. Now here is what they found. And we say we have no time to exercise. Exercising at a moderate to high intensity for just 11 minutes a day. 11 minutes a day. Oh, I don't have time to exercise. Gyms, uh, they're too expensive or whatever. You have to drive down to the gym, change clothes. Sometimes it takes you two hours to get in a couple of minutes of exercise. But exercising at a moderate to high intensity for just 11 minutes a day was linked to 23% reduction in the risk of early death. 17% reduction risk of heart disease and a 7% reduced risk of cancer, of any kind of cancer. If you aren't currently active, even just a small amount of exercise can have a huge impact on your health. Do it. It won't take any amount of time to make an impact on your health. And I love kettlebells. The kettlebell swing for exercise. You can't beat it. It gives you all you need for a very short period of time. In fact, it's only six minutes of true exercise. You do the kettlebell swing. You can see it on my website, terrytalksnutrition.com. I demonstrate it for you. But you can find it on, on the internet. Google the kettlebell swing and how to do it. And you do it for 10, 20, 30 swings, not minutes, swings. That'll take you less than a minute. And do it until you lose your breath. Don't go too far that you lose your balance but just that you know you can't do another swing. And good technical way of doing a swing. So that will take you a minute or less. Then for two minutes, do an active rest. By that I mean don't sit down. Walk around. Get on a stationary bicycle for two minutes. Jump rope for two minutes. Or run a sprint for two minutes. And then come back and do the exact same cycle. 25, 30 swings, two minutes of active rest. And you do that six times. So you've got about six minutes or less of exercise. It will take you overall about 20 minutes because we're adding the two minutes of active rest. 
So each cycle takes about three minutes. So that's a total of about 18 minutes, but only about six minutes of exercise. And that'll do more for you than anything I can think of. It, could, it gives you such a return on your money for the little bit you are involved, time-wise, effort-wise, to give you a big impact on your health. You can't beat it. Now, if you want to add deadlifts with your kettlebell, if you want to do kettlebell squats, great. Add them if you want. But if you say, I just don't have time, I'm telling you that's totally wrong. Can you, can you afford 18 minutes three, four, five times a week? And you're only going to have six minutes of exercise in that 18-minute span of time. And you're going to be totally blown away by how you are impacted by the exercise over the next few months. You know, It'll, it'll give you a tremendous impact along with changing your diet. Kettlebell swings and the ketogenic diet will change your life. Now I suppose some people need a little extra help in losing weight. Well, there's some research that green tea actually will boost weight loss. 60-day study with 28 overweight or obese postmenopausal women that were divided into two groups. Group 1 took a placebo. Group 2 green tea extract about 150 milligrams twice daily. All of the participants, all the subjects in group one, group two, also followed a reduced calorie diet. Both groups lost weight. But versus placebo, the green tea group had a 12.5% increase in metabolic rate, a 5% greater reduction in fat, and a 22% lower insulin levels, blood sugar levels. This is important for those who might be type 2 diabetic. No activity. Include your exercise program of the kettlebell. Go to the ketogenic diet. Add green tea if you like. It makes a huge difference. And what about cutting out sugary drinks? Now we know that sugar drinks linked to liver cancer. Liver cancer is the sixth most common cancer worldwide. Researchers looked at 19 years of data from over 90,000 postmenopausal women aged 50 to 79 to see if there was a pattern or a connection 
between consuming sugary drinks like soda and fruit drinks. That's sugar too. Fruit drinks are not healthy. Eat a piece of fruit. Never drink the juice. The juice might be equivalent to 13 or 14 pieces of fruit. Crazy. That's how much sugar is found in food drinks. And the involvement with liver cancer. The women who consumed at least one sweetened drink per day, just one, at least one sweetened drink per day, that means 30 sweetened drinks a month, 73% would be more likely to develop liver cancer. Sugar and carbohydrates is a killer. And it's one of the most common causes of sickness in America, in the American diet. 73% more likely to develop liver cancer than women who had three or fewer sweet drinks in a month. Sugar intake can lead to weight gain, which results in liver deposits in the liver, around the liver, which is a huge risk factor for liver cancer. Sugar is not an innocent food. It has no nutritional value. It has no benefit nutritionally or healthy. And it causes so many metabolic changes in the body. And it's a precursor to many, many, many of our diseases today. So if you want to be healthy, change your diet. Go to ketogenicdietresource.com for more information on how to follow the ketogenic diet. Or go to thedoctor.com. Both websites will help you understand how to implement the ketogenic diet. You may not want to jump in both, both feet. Take it slowly. Start changing your diet. Slowly. Less carbohydrates. No sugar. More protein. Better fats, more fats, lots of fats, and you'll get healthier. With that, my friends, I'm all out of time. Say a prayer for this crazy, crazy world. God bless you, my friends, and God bless this great country. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.